Dan, say something. One, two, one, two, microphone check. Are you ready, Dan? First, first, first and foremost, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I saw, I saw, I saw, I, I, I saw the tweets. I heard you guys doing. Wasn't impressed, but it's fine. You know, all things will be addressed in due course, in a timely fashion. But first and foremost, Dan, let me remind you that. In this way, and as urban poet Kendrick Lamar says, we're going to be right. We're going to be all right. <laughs> Listen, we're going to be right. <laughs> oh, that. I don't know world. All the boys you don't understand when this came on. <laughs> You're back outside, but yeah, they still alive. Oh, oh, yeah. Take off the fufu, take off the couches, take off the wifi, take off the money phone, take off the car loan, take off the flex and the white loss. Take off the weird ass jewelry, I'ma take 10 steps, then I'm taking off top off. Take off the fabricated dreams and the microwave memes, it's a real world outside. Take off the idols, take off the runway, take off the Cairo. Take off the Sandro pay five days day, take off for the new Elefani. Take off the fuck flat, take off the section, take off the pop with the iPad. Take off the unload, take off the unsure, take off the decisions I had. Take off the fake deep, take off the fake woke, take off the humble I care. Take off the gossip, take off the new logic, they're the fun with Jungle. Take off the short nail, take off the doje, take off the broken bag. Take all the designer, get off and what do you have? You are a pod huh. Two ATMs, you step in a what? You are a pod Who you? Dad, first of all, the clean version is right there. No, no, no. Second of all, Phil, you, you I, I understand you had a good time, but I thought. No, Phil. I thought, I, thought, I thought you would have started this uh, this podcast, Phil, with Zahara, not, not Kendrick. Dad, How can you do we're, that? We're, start, we're starting this with joy, okay? We're gonna get to it. It's a sad topic, but let's start with joy. Let's start with happiness. No, 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 Philip. No, no. Your priorities are backwards. Mm. Your priorities okay, are which backwards. Which is your favorite Zahara song? There's not really. You see, that's premised on on me being a fan of Zahara. I was never a fan I think, I think of Zahara. Address my point there. So if if we can't pay tribute to it in an adequate way why would we do that however however I recognized her immense contribution to the culture problem oh you just get away little bit small small dancing and now you forget about no, real life things the problem with you is because you're a boss at work and people have to smile and nod you start you start thinking that your, your ish don't smell and it's it's embarrassing no, even, no. Even last week's podcast, I, I was that, even laughing you when Awesome was even fed up with some of the things. After one hour, one episode was like, ah, damn. But we got them. But we'll come back to that. Anyway, no, not, not at we're all. We're going to get to it. We're going to give Zahara a proper tribute at the end of this show. But let's start with some positivity. Let's start with some highlights. Let's start with the fact and the reason why I wasn't here last week. But first and foremost, Dan, how about we start the show? Let's get it cracking. Crims, what I suggest is you just find the clean version of this song because otherwise you'll, yeah, you'll be, and it's it's right there, it's right it's right next to it there on the Apple. No, I actually I've, I've switched to Spotify. Anyway. And also, like I've set my Spotify to never show me clean versions. It's also on Spotify. 
there we go. You know, uh, that's a, you know, I have a, have a theoretical discussion about that. But anyway, that's not, that's not for now. That's not for this podcast. Um, yeah, let's let, let's get started. Philip, I have to ask, are you good to go? Sound of the them. Let me hear a drum play. <laughs> 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 Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, Two Broke Twimbles. My name is Danny That Guy, aka Thanos the Mad Titan, aka Denford Wekumaraini, aka Denimbi, my life, your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. As long as I'm not listed in the ZRP's list of drug barons in the country, aka Akuna Mumwenti Danford. That's right, that's right. He was on only the unmistakable, your neighborable Phil Chad, aka Flynn Floss, the big boss, aka Fitzapi, aka Fendrick Lamar, aka Filthy Phil. Like a full-on mask. And of course, <coughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, we're not going to hear the end of it. And I felt a bit of FOMO. I won't lie. I did feel a bit of FOMO. I did feel a bit of FOMO, but ultimately I did feel it was a Dan, it was not. I, I was right decision. Within 30 minutes, I was like, so... You know, let's let's start the show. Let's start the show. Let's get to it, then we'll get to the topics. Let me not jump the gun. But yeah, let's start the show. Anyway, just as a quick reference to to, to my intro, did you see the list from the ZRP of the drug dealers in the I, country? I did indeed, and I, guys, our country is embarrassing. You didn't recognize anyone there. I just wanted to check if I actually was looking through the, that list just to make sure. But then I realized a lot of the people, like the people who might end up on that list, I don't know their full names. I know their nicknames. You know what I mean? <laughs> So now I'm trying to figure. <laughs> Why do you so know their nicknames? Ew, is Lenzo that I keep bumping into the government? Yeah, what's, what's this world government name? You know what I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, of, I mean, come on. obviously the people that are going to be on that list are the the you know the low level. It's just so dumb. Come on, like, guys. Create. Do you know, you know what the, the messed up thing is? Like once again, this proves the the lack of common sense well, in our in our law enforcement. Can you imagine if there's someone else with the exact same name as you? And they're on the list. Meanwhile, you're an innocent law-abiding citizen going to work every day. And then, then one morning you get called into HR. <laughs> <laughs> How do you prove? Not even that. Not even that, Philip. They acknowledge in that list that only some of them have been convicted. So, <laughs> you see the no, problem. I, <laughs> <laughs> also, one of them's name was Hitler. I mean, I did see a funny joke about that. I was like, guys, Hitler had no other option. There was only one career path left open to Hitler after, like, fab, Zimbabwe. No, Zimbabwe names are bad, but naming your child Hitler. You know, the other day when I was in Mutari, I saw a bus with the name Hitler and I was like, ah, how embarrassing. How embarrassing. <laughs> All right, guys, stop it. Anyway, anyway, moving on, moving on. Let's actually start the show as we normally like to start with Zimbabweans doing it big, aka Africans doing it big. Crims, listen carefully. Zimbabweans are welcome on this list, but we want to expand it to Africans. Every week, let's have Africans doing it big. Focus on South Africans, um, Southern Africans, 
Nigerians, Ghanaians, because I I feel like our culture intersects with theirs quite a bit more than other African countries. But you can really go to Zambia, Botswana, Namibia, Mozambique, surrounding countries. You know what I'm saying? And and just look look at Africa as a whole. We want we want to bring us together as a podcast. But to shout out the Zimbabweans, let me start off in the realm of sport. Uh, a man by the name of Marvelous Nakamba, who plays for Luton Town. Uh, yeah, Luton is a, is a problem, eh? Luton Town midfielder Marvelous Nakamba has been honored with a top award from the Luton Town Council in England. Now, Phil, you'll be very happy to hear the name of this award. It's the Mayor's Unsung Black Hero Award. Because that's all we need. It's an award that recognizes wait, wait, black wait, wait. people. How is in it? England? After you give him the award, are they still unsung? Even if, for you to recognize them for the award, are they unsung? Now they are mm, sung. They're insung. Also, I feel like Marvelous Nakamba's name is sung every mm. weekend. It's so, very sung. It's oversung, maybe even. You know, perhaps. But anyway, Marvelous Nakamba is uh, the prestigious winner of the Luton Downs uh, Mayor's Unsung Black Hero Award, which recognizes those of color that seek to make the lives of others easier, happier, and more fulfilled. And he was presented this by the Mayor of Luton. Her name's Maria Lavelle. Congratulations, Marvelous Nakamba. Uh, a young team of Zimbabwean spellers. This is close to my heart because I once represented Zimbabwean spelling. Sounds crazy, I know. <laughs> Not even joking. Dan, you, you know what? Gosh. Why is anyway, none uh, of this surprising? Like, this, none of this information is like, oh, really? It's like, yeah, that tracks. That, that you know, that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep, I can see that. I can see that. Let me, let me. Okay, let me, let me, let me just, let me just finish this, this thing, and then I'll tell you something, Phil. So uh, this week we had the African Spelling Bee Championships that were held in Kampala, Uganda. Uh, of course, Team Zimbabwe was there. A young team of six Zimbabweans who were representing. As a, in the junior category, Claudia Jean Madombiro from Kyle Preparatory School in Mashringo uh, got uh, third aka, and the bronze medal uh, after Uganda and South Africa were tied on pole position. Mm. And then there was a second bronze medal that was given for Tashinga Chereni from Sharon School who got third position under the senior category uh, where Nigeria and Ethiopia uh, came first and second, respectively. So Zimbabwe got third, both in junior and senior. Bronze, bronze. So, you know, not bad. Mm. Not bad. Now, going back to what I was saying, yeah, congratulations to you guys. Congratulations, especially to Tashinga Chereni and to Claudia Jean Madombiro, uh, as well as the whole team for coming back with those two bronze medals from the African Spelling Bee mm. Championships. Now, what would what, 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 what trip them Phil, up? Where did they get tripped up? And also, if it's a team, I, how does it work? That's another question. Busy. Like, maybe you'd help me know. So I, I know of the individual spelling bees, the one that we used to see on ESPN back in the day. That's an individual thing. So like when it's a team, do you guys confer? Or is it like every team member gets one word and then if, if they get it wrong, what, did they get eliminated? Is it, is it, like, is it like chicken in the, in the den where like if you get it wrong, and then maybe it's three against one. How does it work? So uh, I had set an alarm but unfortunately, I was unable to catch this riveting, Where riveting was it streaming, competition then? as I could not find. That's, that was the problem. I could not find anywhere that so it was streaming. You, so your alarm was set so against what exactly? To watch what are you it? setting the alarm against? It's figure of speech, Phil. We're focusing <laughs> on the wrong thing. Anyway, my point is, I don't know how it worked. Neither do I remember how I did it. Man, I was in junior school. I must have been like eight or something. Um... 
And I don't think I, I didn't do the African Spelling Bee Championships. I don't think. Also, oh snap, someone from my former primary school was representing Zimbabwe as well. Someone from Goldridge Primary School in Kwekwe. Shout out Goldridge. Um, yeah, congratulations to the team. No, 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 no. There's no details as to which word tripped them up. So, you know what, Phil? Um, if it wasn't for the fact that, and I, I, I am going to try my best to sound... Zimbabwe has a, has a problem, but um, I should have been lame, a nerd, no prospects in terms of the social strata, no real opportunities in terms of making any kind of presence of myself felt. Because I was absolutely that nerd, Phil. Yes, I was in spelling bee competitions. I was the drama kid in school. I was not athletic, except in tennis. So it's quite a surprise that, you know, here I am today. So many people look up to me, Philip. You know what I'm saying? Are are those people in the room with us now, Dan? (laughs) My point is, I don't know. High school was good, man, because I got to be a nerd, but I wasn't lame. I mean, I wasn't the cool, I wasn't part of the cool kids either. I was like a nice in between. It was a nice. It was a oh, good so, space you, so you're part of the in betweeners. <laughs> yes, indeed, the in betweeners. <laughs> That's exactly how you would describe me. But anyway, uh, shout out to those Zimbabweans doing it big. Um, Phil, I, I know there's something on your heart that you want to address. Um, let's let's follow up from our mm-hmm. previous episodes. Uh, our last episode was. Rock Bottom and Still Digging episode with uh, guest host, Captain Awesome. Um, shout out to Captain Awesome for agreeing to record the podcast. Um, we had a very weird temporary setup. Yeah, where, where, were you guys, where, where were you guys recording? made it work. And also, I'm trying to remember, yeah, because it was on, it was when I landed in Joburg when you were thinking, right? Yes. What is it? So, yeah, give us a rundown. It was, it was very impromptu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very impromptu and I was just, I like, I spoke to Captain and I was like, wait, are they talking points? And Crimson was like, I guess. And I was like, man, let's just record something. Um, and it was meant to be like a 20, 30 minute episode. They never are 20, 30 minute episodes. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And my thinking was just, just to give people something to carry no, them over. I think shout out to Captain Wilson, shout out to you. I actually appreciate that. I was like, you know what? Look at Dan taking the initiative. Granted, you know, the quality of the audio obviously wasn't as great, but the quality of the artwork, oh, what a drop off. Oh. Some someone someone needs to work on their prompts. That's what I'll say. Some someone needs to work on leaving templates in the folders that they, they're supposed to be in. They, That's what they're in the folder, do, but anyway. Well, they not. They, let me. You know what? I'm gonna go through it right now. Let, let me yeah, yeah, for the look, benefit of our listeners. Let me give you this very and this is listeners. I'm not. I'm not lying. This is the very simple path directory to find the templates for the two Broke Twimbo's artwork. Okay. Keep in mind, this doesn't include the prompts and all that stuff. It's just the, the, the Photoshop layered files that I created. So Dan, what the first thing you want to do is you're going to go into the two uh, Broke Twimbo's folder. Okay. Then you're going to go to new 2BT assets. Then in new so TBT satisfying. assets, you're going to go to images. Okay. Then from images, you're going to go to social media assets. Then from in social media assets, you're mm-hmm. going to go into the podcast folder. Okay. Then in the podcast folder, you're going to go to zero templates. 
And then in zero templates, it's going to be a folder that says 2023 templates. And in there, you will see a, a PNG with a transparent background and a layered PSD. It's very simple, Dan. Look at that. You only had to go into one, two, three, four, five, six folders. I mean, come on, Dan. This guy. I see the problem here. I see the problem here. No, to be fair, I, to be you fair, like to during, during this December, I need PSD. to go through this and simplify it because we've now adopted a, a much better path directory um, in, the, in the company which we're using on our last project. I think it was, it was a lot easier when I just say, Dan, just check folder 157 and bam, bam, bam. Yeah, well, anyway, the point is we, 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 we put something together. We just hashed it up, bam, 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 put something out. Boom, and, and and I hope you guys appreciated it. And you see the the the, the commitment to giving you. I do think content. actually now that we're on this conversation, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy over the fonts because I think maybe that's what tripped you up because the font was a little different. So I'm just going to do that for you now, Dan. No, I got the fonts. Nope, I got the fonts. I simply used the fonts as according to mm. our brand manual. Uh, the problem there was I had to recreate from scratch the. And I mean, to be fair, it's a very simple. Uh, uh, um, Shape in Photoshop. I am no Photoshop guru. Yeah. But also, just, also, if, if just only a, like we happen to have a designer on retainer, it could have helped. Man, it was Friday night. I was tired. It was like 9 p.m. I wasn't about to hit up Tate. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I just want to upload this now and go to bed. It's not feeling well. Wait, wait. So, you, you know, I thought about hitting up Tate and I was like, nah, let me just do this. Surely I can do this by myself. But anyway, <clears throat> that's besides the point. <sighs> okay, uh, let's go on to. Oh wait, there's a couple other things to follow up on, Phil. I don't know if you wanna. Eh, you know, no, I don't. I don't want to talk about a few things. First and foremost, um, so I caught that uh, the the episode um, Friday night. I had just finished um, doing some work, and then I had actually gone to my friends. Shout out to Marsha, probably one of my longest friends. Like. Marsha and I uh, have been friends since kindergarten, uh, believe it or not. We were the only black kids at Fairbridge Children's Learning Center. So we bonded over that back in the day. Um, and she's, she's now in Joburg doing her thing. And, she, and, she, and I was there. I was trying to figure out a plan on, on how to do about getting to the festival. And she was like, dude, don't worry. I got you. Come get my car. I was like, girl, you serious? And she was like, no, I got you. So bam. Went through. I was picking up a car. So on my way back to the hotel... Um, bumped into a, a roadblock. So I was, I was listening to the podcast while I was thinking. So I was, I was already like laughing and they were doing a, an alcohol screening. So you just like blow into, the, uh, blow into the, the breathalyzer. But I've only ever done a breathalyzer test in America. And there they change the mouthpiece and then you actually have to put it to your mouth and blow in. In South Africa, you have to, they don't want to change the mouthpiece. So you just do like, like almost like you're trying to fan the machine. I did not know this. So she puts it to my mouth and I, I like, huh? and she goes, hey, 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 hey. I know, I know someone pretty like you likes to kiss, but not this machine, please. I had a good laugh over that. So that's a little funny tidbit. And while I was listening to it, then, just imagine how disgusting you would have felt, Phil. Yeah, I didn't know they wouldn't change the mouthpiece. Yeah, but yeah, actually, yeah, shout out to her because you're, just hey, imagine, imagine just think catching the herb from a breathalyzer. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> Be lucky if it's just the herb. So, so Jeez, while I was listening, Literally, yeah. you know, it was vindicating, but also a little bit of PTSD hearing about your filthy, your filthy hygiene habits, Dan. And I'm um, shout out to Taz. 
Not that she has to deal with them, but I, it, it also reminded me like how you used to complain, like Phil, you know, Phil, you know, I think you're a little too finicky, you know, with, with girl, with this cleansing stuff. I'm clean. You see that? You're messy. What 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 filthy hygiene Leaving, habits are you talking about? You literally said, I'll take a bath and I'll splash everywhere. And I'll leave because usually I leave in the morning and by the time I come home, it's dry. That is disgusting. Dan, you mop the floor, man. Mop the floor. <sighs> okay. Secondly, um, I didn't want to address this. No, it's not, it's not, it's not a nitpick. It's more of a um, serious thing. Like, uh, your guys' discussions were actually pretty poignant. Um, obviously, you borrowed a lot of my leanings from from the from the group. But I was going to say, signing an artist to one year, it's never going to work. You're never going to get a return on investment, especially like if you're doing a pub deal, you're only going to see a return on investment after 18 months. Not even a return. The first payout is going to come between 12 and 18 months. So you always want to do like a three-year signing or multi-deal or multi-album, multi-project signing. The reason why those exist is just so the label can actually have a realistic opportunity to have a return on investment. It's not because people are trying to be shady or whatever. It's just so that it's fair on everyone because after a year, unless you, you're taking everything from the artist, which is going to be unfair towards them, no one's going to have an, an opportunity to actually realize any form of return on investment or just even like a livable wage. So there's a little fun, nerdy music fact for you there. And now onto our ad read. Oh yeah, we actually, we actually do have to read an ad. <laughs> I forgot that we have to read that ad. <laughs> Hold on, let me get the poster. Which ad? Didn't we, make, didn't we make a deal with that guy? Ad for, geez, where, where, where would I find it? Is it on his Instagram? Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Pod, our, our patrons, patrons, you guys need to understand that we do a lot for y'all. Okay. For just for five dollars a month, you guys get a lot. Even the guy was like, mm, "But these guys have guys for five bucks." There's a lot happening here, but you know what? We love y'all, and we want to show up for y'all. So, Dan, do you want to let me let me let me do the the first ad read. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> got so many posts, I can't even figure out where this other thing is. This, yeah, okay. So, look. Um, long story short. Um, if you are in, we still have tickets available for London, by the way. If you happen to find yourself in, uh, if you, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This Christmas, King Kandoro and Munashe presents the Christmas Box Comedy Show on Saturday the 23rd of December in Birmingham and Sunday the 24th in Slough. Hashtag Zim Culture UK. So if you'd like to see any of these two hilarious Zimbabweans performing live in any of those locations, please don't forget to get tickets at madeinzwear.com forward slash Christmas box. You could also hit us up if you're a patron, preferably a power or poverty ending patron, and we'll be able to give you tickets for either the London or Birmingham shows. The Slough tickets have been sold out for our patrons. These are the free tickets, by the way. The, the actual tickets for the show, I believe, are still available. So head on over to maidenswear.com forward slash Christmas box for more information. Once again, <laughs> patrons, you owe us. So maybe the, the, those who are not patrons may not know what's going on. So let me quickly explain to you. You see, we do a lot for our patrons. Um, one of them asked like, yo, 
can we go to this King Kandoro and Munashi Chirisa show? We're like, no, I guess. First we're like, WTF. We <laughs> I'm like, all right. Hey man. So funny enough, so you messaged Kandoro at the same time that I messaged. <laughs> this is how you know, like we're in sync. So, <laughs> so, so he's like, no, it's cool. I can give you guys free tickets, but you know what you got to do, right? <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> twerking for our <laughs> for our competition yeah <laughs> anyway the hosts of the brand new black and forth podcast will be having live shows in Slough and Birmingham and uh you can attend these shows make sure you go to maidensway.com forward slash christmas box and you can get yourself tickets to those shows <laughs> swear if you guys cut off your patron <laughs> Your patrons. Speaking. Secondly, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you feel about the one year signings. By the way, I was saying what I, I guess what I was trying to say is, of course, you can't sign an artist for a year, um, but I can understand someone who may want to observe several artists for a year. I don't know if it necessarily makes sense financially, but I can understand the the desire not to commit fully financially to someone who's unproven. So, uh, just to quickly add to that, someone actually came to me today and just like. Listen, I was listening to your last episode and I just want to add. And then they went into a long rant. Uh, shout out to Tatenda. And uh, he, was, he was saying, um, he was making comparisons to the military touch situation. And I was like, listen, I hear you. I just think that oftentimes we don't know all the details behind the scenes. Wait, I, are, you, are you speaking to me or are you speaking what to was Tatenda right now? Just so we clear. I'm speaking to, I'm just speaking to all, okay. all who are listening. In fact, all the times we don't know all the discussions, all the agreements, all the, uh, the, the, the terms that are available in contracts, as well as what opportunities can be given. A very famous example that's oft quoted is Ja Prezer had signed Nati O to the military touch. Shortly thereafter, Ja Prezer did a song with Ja Signal. Surely, not Ja Signal, <laughs> Ja Cure, the Jamaican artist Ja Cure. Surely it would have made more sense for Ja Prezer to give that song to Nati O. I was like, okay, first of all, we have no idea what the negotiations were, the discussions were, the agreements were, how Jakio even got on board onto that song. So let's not jump in and put our own clauses as, and our own interpretations. Whereas afterwards, certain artists may come out and feel like, so for, say for example, uh, Michael Max come out, comes out of this um, Holy 10 situation and he has some bad things to say about Holy 10 and then Holy 10 gives also his back. What we have is a he said, she said situation. In this case, he said, he said situation. So it basically comes down to who you believe. Otherwise, we don't have any details. We have zero details. And I don't, don't mean, you know, I, I, I too, like many people, seem to want to take the side of, you know, the underdog. Except for Phil. Phil sees things differently as a staunch capitalist. Phil's always on the side of the big labels. But we don't have enough details. And while it's fun to speculate, I just want to say, working with only the information that we have, I mean, I think, I think the explanation I put forward seemed to make sense. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, oof, there's some debate going on between T-Gons and Chillmaster. I actually don't know the details of that. I saw Prims <laughs> sent some... Uh, some Essentially, yeah, uh, T-Gons and it. Chillmaster did a song. Chillmaster is saying T-Gons team hit him up and said, yo, we want 40% on our district immediately, uh, which also is not how... Royalty splits and payouts work. And then because of that, he sent a takedown notice. And 
All I'll say is deja vu. You know what I mean? Like deja vu. It's also interesting because just two weeks ago, Dan, there was a similar, there was an interview and there was a similar incident about a takedown, the disagreement on splits. It's almost like this is becoming his modus operandi. Very strange. But I'm sure it's just a coincidence. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. <laughs> so the story, as Phil highlight, as Phil summarized, Chillmaster has a video up on YouTube featuring T-Gons of the song called Dude Zerese. T-Gons sent a copyright claim. Chillmaster responds by saying, we were appalled by Tigons and his team's lack of professionalism over the music video for Ndude Zerese, a copyright claim on YouTube. This was done after we declined to comply with their crude demand, which they made over a WhatsApp message. Chillmaster, my management is going to copyright strike Ndude Zerese music video on your YouTube of my 40%, if my 40% share is not reflecting in my DistroKid account in 48 hours. We paid Tigons multiple times as per his repeated demands and we never consented to resolve his claims through royalty splits. We also agreed that his entity would cover the costs associated with production if the video was to be published on his page. Sure. Yeah, sounds like there were no signatures made. Let's just see. Anyway. I think also, while well, the song leads in, sometimes necessarily, a, uh, an agreement doesn't necessarily have to include a signature. If there's a conversation that's in black and white, whether it's WhatsApp, email, and there's an acknowledgement of, I've read it, I agree. If you remember, there was a, a recent case where a contractor sent a figure and the client sent a thumbs up emoji. And that was deemed sufficient as an acknowledgement. Yeah. So that's pretty much all you need sometimes. But let's listen to the song. Let's see. Let's see. Is it worth all the brew? Ha ha. We heard enough of both. It's, it's actually it doesn't mm, sound like a bad mm, song. Mm. I would, I would just like it to say, like, actually sounds. Let's not skip over this. What is T going to doing? Like, how, like this whole. Like how many I'm times gonna, are you going to pull this, bro? How yeah. many times are you going to pull the same stunt over and over again? I expect to keep working with people. I wonder if his thinking is that I keep asking people and people keep closing me, so I'm no longer talking. I'm just. So then, doing, why are you doing collaborations? So, but, you so know then, how people so get if weird. People keep like closing. That. Why are you doing collaborations in the first place? Just be a solo act. Be, be J Cole. Vertically I, integrate just, yourself. Do a, do, a, do a whole album, no features. Produce your own songs. Then you'll have hundred percent of the splits in your disrupted account. Shut up here. But this is not. A, Actually, I think let me let me put that forward as quite the recommendation. Hey, hey guys. Um, Maybe, maybe, maybe Tigons don't do any collaborations for now. Just so that, you know, until you firm up your, your collaboration arrangement in general. Because you, yeah, as an dude, you, you, you cannot do this. Like, this is not how you conduct business. This is terrible. I'm disappointed. Disappointment. Say disappointment. 
Are, are you surprised? Uh, no, disappointed, but not surprised. <laughs> All right, let me, let me, let's leave the Zara story for the end of our discussion. Um, I came across a very interesting video on TikTok. I mean, on Twitter, Philip. I, I, want, to, I want to play just the audio part of it for you. Okay, so a um, little bit of background. So the, the, the major talking point here is we've just had uh, a record broken. The highest mm-hmm. grossing music tour ever. First ever to surpass $1 billion and actually so high that the number two and number three music tours of the year combined did not even amount to number one. And uh, the highest grossing music tour this year went to Beyonce's Renaissance. No, it did not. It was Taylor Swift. With mm-hmm. What? You mean I was correct even though I, I predicted this months ago? What? It's almost like I have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the streets. Taylor Swift's era's tour is officially the highest grossing music tour ever. Surpassing 1 billion, uh, going to 1.04 billion US dollars after a total of 151 shows worldwide. And yep, you heard right. Beyonce, who came in second, and Bruce Springsteen, who came in third, combined, did not even add up to to Taylor Swift's uh, grossing. And I would imagine, I would imagine... Taylor Swift nets a higher percentage than Beyonce does, considering the amount. I mean, that's just anecdotal. I have no data to back it up. But I mean, just looking at what Beyonce does for the stage and outfit changes and whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. so very interesting. It's, very, it's a bit of trivia for you. You know, if ever you have to answer the question, what is the highest grossing music tour ever? It's uh, Taylor Swift with eras. Uh, the number two goes to Elton John, um, whose five-year farewell. Mm. Yeah, it took Elton John five years to break the record and then Taylor Swift broke it in one year. Anyway, um, so I came across this very, very fascinating video that I want to play the audio for you, Philip. Just, just let me know what you think of this. This is a video from the Brooklyn Nets social media page. You know how sometimes... Oh, yeah, I saw that earlier. What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? 23. It's 22. Ain't it? Oh. Taylor Swift, come on, listen to Taylor Swift, bro. Hey, I have one. Taylor Swift song, big, big truck. What you got? What you got? What you got? What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? I heard. What? But oh, sorry. No disrespect, though. I know she's like the biggest pop star on the planet, so Swifties don't kill me. Bad Blood. Is that her song? That is her song. I don't know. I don't know. That is her song. Yeah. I gotta hear the song first. I mean, I'll stop it there, but it continues. So basically, they're just asking a bunch of the Brooklyn Nets, like, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? And almost to a man, like, yo, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs. And I thought about it. I was like, what's my favorite Taylor Swift song? I gotta think long and hard before I remember a Taylor Swift song. And yo, I work at a pop radio station. And I recognize Taylor Swift is probably one of the biggest pop artists, if not the biggest pop artist in the world right now. This is hilarious. Someone made a very, what I thought to be a, um, a very interesting quote where they said, you know what, in general, white pop stars of the past have always had at least a couple of songs that black people liked. From the Lady Gagas to the Justin Timberlakes to the Justin Biebers to, you know, anyone else who made pop music and who was like top of the game at pop music. 
I mean, you know, there was a couple of songs that black people were rocking with. But Taylor Swift ain't got nothing, nothing for the average black person. I don't know if that's true, but in my anecdotal experience just around me, seems about right. Seems about right. And I, I think there's an explanation to it. Algorithms. I want to think more about this. But what? Once upon a time, she just she she just doesn't make music that resonates with black people. I think sometimes I think it's just that simple. I think it might be that simple, but I also think that in the in the era of MTV and Channel O and and you know Trace or whatever, when everyone kind of got their music sort of from the same place or the same few places, and then those places just sort of mixed up music. I think you were more likely to come across other things. Whereas now you can have hyper-focused, hyper-fixated to your particular taste. So you don't have to listen to anything that isn't exactly what you want to listen to. So, but I think also, like that, maybe, maybe she that, also doesn't make music that appeals to many black people. That, that theory works when you're, uh, I would say, a just below top, top tier. As we just got Taylor Swift is at the pinnacle, literally the pinnacle of pop music. I think that would be correct if Taylor wasn't at the pinnacle. There's that athlete who, even as the interview is like, yo, I like Taylor Swift. I don't want no beef with the Swifties. I just don't know any of her music. So keep in mind, not only does he know who Taylor Swift are, is, he knows who the, fa- uh, the fans are, how rabid they are, but he just has no understanding of the, of the music, which means as a brand, she's out there. No, of course. Very that's, well. that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying and that. that people and, and, don't know, and, no, but, that, but that's what I'm saying is like when you now make mu- when you make music that is so divorced of any black culture whatsoever, where people who are black are not even trying to consume it pass- even passively. I don't think that's down to the culture. I think that's more down to the type of music you make and the audience you're trying to attract. And I, I also don't think it's lost on me that Taylor Swift has a very I don't wanna I don't wanna speak out of turn, but there's been a lot or a few, let's just say a few pretty solid links between Taylor Swift and some right wing politics and some right wing individuals. And I'll leave it at that. To be fair to her, she's come out, or at least in the little news of her that I have consumed in my life, I've seen her come out and denounce some of those right wing people. But I just made a quick glance of uh, Billboard's year-end Hot 100 singles of 2023. According to Billboard, the biggest single of 2023 was Morgan Wallen with Last Night. Mm. Dan, remind me, when did Morgan Wallen, Wallen um, rise to fame and start climbing the charts? What happened? What happened before that? What happened again? Just remind me. Drop my memory. A little fuzzy. Uh, something about, I think he said... Uh, I'll tell you. I think he said... He was, he was drunk. He was drunk in an <laughs> Uber. The Uber driver recorded him and he dropped an N-word laden tirade. And all of a sudden... That's what I was this, trying to. I was trying to build of, that up into a whole story. For the, oh, anyway. my bad. Okay, my bad. My bad. You see, this is why we need to quote in person so we can feed <laughs> Well, okay. So there's Morgan Wallen, 
Number two is Miley Cyrus with Flowers. Number three is SZA with Kill Bill. And number four is Taylor Swift with Antihero. I don't even know what that song is, man. Jeez. Calm Down by Rema and Selena Gomez. Number six. Mm. Look at that. Mm. Look at that. This is a very interesting list. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I hear your explanation. I, 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 it's very difficult for me to speak knowledgeably on this because I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Um, but I, I, I don't know if she's that devoted. Isn't she? Doesn't she just make pop music, man? I know some of it has like a country flavor to it, but doesn't she just make pop music? I don't know. You Swifties, please let us know as we as we discuss this. Uh, is it that she just doesn't make any music that is remotely relatable to black people at all, or? Is there a little bit more truth, do you think, to the whole algorithm's explanation? Um, Meg the Stallion. You know, I follow someone who keeps posting free Tory. And you keep following them. Interesting, it's, though. Interesting. It's a, it's a interesting. It's very disturbing. I don't know how to address it. Or if it should be. No, I don't mean to address it, but I mean like, I don't know how to re- respond as myself. I don't, I don't have any intention of speaking to her about it, but like, maybe you're a fan of the music, in which case just enjoy the music. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, yeah, look, there's updates in the Megan Stallion and Tory Lane situation and Meg the Stallion went on Instagram live and you know, she addressed that and then she addressed Party and then Party also addressed her on the Breakfast Club. And I don't know. It's, I don't know what was going on. I I just see headlines. Then, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you don't have the details. You just know. You just know. What was it? Okay. I, I was really about to move on from it. I'm tired. <laughs> but if you have the details, please do share. I don't. Hey, I'm actually so behind on the news. I, I'm trying to catch up because it's been a hectic, hectic, hectic weekend. It's only going to get more hectic. My Christmas is going to be spent at a desk, which is going to be great. So, okay. So then, uh, before we get to, I think we can discuss a couple other people. Okay. Let's talk about Jonathan Majors. Mm -hmm. This one I paid a slight bit more attention to, but I wish I had read up more on it so I could speak more knowledgeably on it. But what I know is there's been new evidence or new, new things have started coming to light. So as a quick background, Jonathan Majors was probably the next huge Hollywood star. Everyone seemed to love him. The ladies were swooning over his, I can't remember the very rude and disrespectful things. They were calling it something about um, civil rights era looks or something. Anyway, the point is, Jonathan Majors was poised to be the next huge star. Then um, allegations of assaulting a woman came out. It uh, turns out people were not sure who it was. Then it was like, oh no, that's his girlfriend. It was his white girl. And it turns out that, oh, it seems that she's now retracting a statement. And now there's weird stories coming out. And now other people come out of the woodwork saying, I've been telling you about this dude. People were like, yeah, that dude's a little bit violent. Yeah, things got weird. Anyway, there's a couple of things that happened this week. So for one thing is some audio leaked, I think courtesy of TMZ, where- How did they, how did they get this? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how they keep getting this stuff, man. So Jonathan Majors in this in this audio can be heard telling his girlfriend, Grace Jabari, that 
he was. Let's play the audio. Do you have the audio then? Man, are we really gonna play it? Um, okay, let me let me get it. <sighs> it's actually a, it's it's very it's very weird. Uh, I'm sure I can get the audio here. Da, 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 da. Sure, that's a long recording. I want to see. I want one that has just the the the, the parts that we are looking for. The key, the key parts. If only we had a producer who could help us with this. If only. Let's try. Th- let's try this video here. I mean, this audio. Okay, let's give it a try. Oh no, wait. Why am I playing it from here? I need to play it from here. Yeah, Crims, you know, tighten this whole part up. Okay, here it is. I would like to get to the the point where your friends know what job I'm on and go, I think Rex is going to be out of commission. You know what I mean? Yeah, I won't. No, no, do you understand that? Because that team, that unit, right, Grace has to be in a certain mindset to support Coretta Scott King. You know who that is? That's Martin Luther King's wife. Michelle Obama. Barack Obama's wife. I know I'm not. I, I, I shouldn't have gone out. I'm no, no, sorry. Let me, just, let me just lay it out for you, right? If I am, I'm just gonna say this. My temper, my shit, my travel, blah, blah, all that, all that said, right? And I'm gonna say I'm a great man, a great man. I am doing great things, not just for me, but for my for my culture and for the world. That is actually the position I'm in. That's real. I'm not being a dick about it. I didn't ask for it. I've worked and that's the situation. The woman that supports me, that I support, that that needs to be a great woman and make sacrifices the way that man is making for her and for them, ultimately. Last night, two nights ago, you did not do that. You did not do that. I'm sorry. Which, Which took away from the plan. And the plan is everything. <clears throat> if it was just you in the house drunk, maybe I could have swallowed it. Or, or, or I would have felt bold enough like, oh, hey, let's go to bed. Which I said to so I'm just going to go to bed. I'm not, I'm not hungry, blah, blah, blah. So uh, what you were just listening to was uh, allegedly Jonathan Majors speaking to his girlfriend after she went out with her friends and came back drunk. And he's saying, as you heard, you cannot be doing this because I'm a great man. You have to be like Coretta Scott King or Michelle Obama. If if uh, Red Flag was a person, uh, apart uh, from this, uh, I don't think that's a red flag. You don't think this is a red flag? I think it's corny. I don't think it's a red flag. Let, let, uh, uh, let me hear your reasoning there. I think you just said it. Like he's got obviously an overinflated value of self, and there's some hubris there. That I'll admit. But if you are the next face of Marvel. And you have a girlfriend and she goes out and gets drunk or gets plastered or whatever. There's a conversation to be had there like, yo, I'm trying to do A, B, C, D, E with my career. You are now linked to me. You can't be doing this because it devalues my brand or affects my brand. I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that, I don't think that sentiment is unreasonable. 
but the idea that I'm a great man. And then to compare yourself to Barack Obama, compare yourself to Martin Luther King, that is a red flag to me. I no, think that's not. That's I think what, it's very think fair to say because okay, no, because Grace is in this case, Grace is she's a human being with her own agency, right? She has every right to go out and drink if she wants to. If he doesn't like it, it's absolutely fine for him to express that I'm not happy. Or I don't like that you did this, but I'm a great man, so you can't do this. No ways. That's red flag material right there, dude. What's once a, again. A far better way, yeah. No, but now we're nitpicking because even in this, right, it's not like he, as far as I could hear, because I couldn't hear everything, I'll I'll listen to it properly, but it doesn't sound like he was blatantly devaluing and saying like, yo, I picked you up from nothing or or trying to make her feel less than to therefore justify it because that's an abuse tactic. In this instance, like I said, he's got an overinflated view of self. And especially- That's a red flag. That's a red flag, dude. no, in pe- if if that's the case, then any successful person is is showing red flags mm-hmm. because for you to attain a certain level of success, you have to have in this world there has to be a certain level of hubris and overinflated view of self for you to get where you're going, and you have to liken yourself to these individuals because you're like, yo, this is who I think I'm. I'm in the in the same league as, and we've seen it countless times where Steve Jobs, in in his way, old way, thought he was changing the world, right? And to a certain degree, he did. But before he, he attained that, if he, if, if he was still the CEO pre-Pixar, and he, and he said everything that he would achieve post-Pixar and going back to Apple, people were like, mm, dude, what? And I've, I've, I've just listened to so many interviews with so many notable people. To me, like this is a common thing. If you, if you attend enough self-help seminars or you've listened to enough self-help seminars, a lot of these celebrities buy into that very mentality because these are the people that they pay as their life coaches and their life coaches will be telling them, yo, you're going to change the world. You're going to do this. So now, so now they have this view of self, this view of purpose, this view of value. And that's exactly how most of them think. So to me, that's not a surprising thing because a lot of them do think that way. Ladies, if the man that you are dating tells you I'm a great man, I'm Martin Luther King, I'm Barack Obama, or equating himself to that, please view that as a red flag. And Phil, as much as I hear your explanation as to why someone may think that, the fact that they do think that to me is absolutely a red flag. That someone, it's, it's different. You know what? <clears throat> you and I are somewhat, I mean, we're nowhere close to what Jonathan Majors is in terms of public figures, but somewhat, you know, we're somewhat in, mm-hmm. the, in the entertainment industry, in the media industry. So I can completely understand the idea that, listen, when we step out, some people will recognize us, a few people. In fact, not just recognize us, it may affect the brand, it may affect business, it may affect dealings to come, it may affect the bag that might come in. So I can understand having a conversation of, listen, we got to be careful, we got to watch out how, we got to watch how we move, especially if, if we are in a long-term committed relationship, listen, I got to make some sacrifice for you. You got to make some sacrifices for me. We have a long-term vision as a couple that we're trying to get to. I can completely understand that conversation. And I can understand someone putting that across as explaining that. But I am a great man. Therefore, you must stay at home. You can't be going out. No, I'm sorry. That's absolutely a red flag. So, 
what you explained in terms like everything you explained about ha- having to have that self confidence and all of that i am not against that at all in fact having to tell yourself that you know what i will change the world i'm not against that at all either but the fact that you mm. think because i'm a great man i can tell you what to do no ways no ways now that's that's a red flag that's a red flag even the to- the tone just sounded so Maybe I'm now just getting caught up in in history and whatever, but just listening to that made my skin crawl a little bit. I'll tell you that. Wait, Weirdly what, what enough, history is this, Dan? Let's see this history. No, no, I mean just the history of the whole. Um, I mean, this is not this is not an isolation, right? This is along with the 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 um, allegations of him having beaten her, for example. Mm-hmm. So look again, like I'm saying. I've had somewhat of a conversation like this in the past with different people. Like listen, you have to and it's always been in the mindset of we got to watch how we move. That's all it's out like we got to watch how we move. Listen, when we're by ourselves we can be goofy, we can do a bit too much or whatever, but when we're out in public we got to watch how we move. And that could be not it's not always in a romantic sense. It could be even just be with people that you're associated with, people that you do business with, people that are your friends, people anything like that. I can understand that conversation. And sometimes other people won't get it. I also understand that. That listen, I'm trying to do great things here and maybe you're not necessarily thinking about that. So I'm trying to communicate to you that our actions will have greater consequences than what you can currently see. That conversation is not a problem at all. it's the framing or the phrasing of that conversation that makes me pause and like whoa 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 who do you think you are right now and even if you do think you are a great man even if you do think you are a great man maybe it's maybe it's traditional and old school to believe this but i think a measure of humility is always always a good thing a measure of it like you can't be i'm a great man i'm a great like yo I'm trying to be a great man. I'm trying to do great things. I'm doing some things right now that could get us to where we want to go. There's so many ways of phrasing things without having that that level of hubris that I can hear in this message. So I disagree. I don't think it's I don't think it's just corny, not necessarily a red flag. I think that level of hubris is a red flag, not the overall sentiment. The overall sentiment makes sense to me. Mhm. All right. Anyway, apart from this particular audio, there was also some text messages that uh, came out I think a couple of days ago as well. Uh and in these text messages <clears throat> uh let me see if I can pull up um in these text messages uh Majors did some things like threaten to kill himself. Yeah, um to try and dissuade her from going to the hospital following an injury that he allegedly caused to her. So Okay, okay. Of course you of course you're going to drop that fact out after trying to shoot him some bell. Of course you. Set me up you bastard. Set Tito's down Philip. Stand Tito's no, down. I was speaking on that specific clip. <laughs> Jonathan Jones. Jones in the Jones. So in these text messages he's saying stuff to her like I fear you have no perspective of what could happen if you go to the hospital they'll ask you questions as I don't think you actually protect us it could lead to an investigation even if you do lie and they suspect something and then yeah he Okay uh, I retract everything uh, I told them another joke <laughs> So again I don't know exactly what happened it doesn't look great for him You know the you know these things You know Mzimba me and you go 
We would mm, shudder to hear some of the stories that you guys have with your significant others. There was some, I can't remember which South African celebrity was, was on that other South African podcast and the clip was going all over uh, Twitter. And this celebrity was saying something like, yeah, me and my boyfriend, like me and my boyfriend, we've been together six years or whatever it was. We've never really fought. Yeah, we've had disagreements. Yeah, there's been times that we've, you know, had maybe strong words, but we've never fought. And I was watching that. I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, the, the way people were so shocked. I was like, no, wait. Guys, you know, it's not, it's not normal. I mean, fighting happens. Don't get me wrong. But the level of violence that seems to be normal for some people is not normal. Disagreements are common, but surely there should be mutual, mutual respect and so on. So, I, I shudder to think what's going on. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> ooh, breaking news, Philip. Breaking news. The MOBO Awards. Okay, MOBO Awards. Nominees. Best Gospel Act, Anatoria. Nice, nice. Hey, look at that. What's a mobile? Another link, another link to a podcast episode. You see, the two BT bump, even even via proxy, is powerful. Anatoria, she was the girl on Lola 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 with Aisha. Anyway, all right, uh, let's move on from this. Old, oh yeah, and then there was a video. Sorry, I forgot to mention those. And there was a video. Did you see the video, Philip? Of how does TMZ get this stuff? I don't understand. Oh, oh so. Part of the reason why I was also, there's two, one or two things are going on, right? Um, and the way things are moving, it looks like it was probably the latter. The first one would be, this was someone trying to, or the partner was trying to set him up. And okay. so, so trying to use these recordings as leverage. Just to quickly des- describe the video. In this video, it looks like, you know, maybe security cam footage or something of um, allegedly Jonathan Majors jumping out of a car and running and then his girlfriend, um, Grace Jabari, chasing after him. Um, yeah. So anyway, please continue. Yeah, it's either one or two things. Um, either your, your partner is trying to set you up because you guys don't have a healthy relationship or she, she rather she doesn't have the best intentions or what seems to be more likely is option two being that she found herself in an abusive situation and for whatever reason, she felt like she needed to protect herself or just gather evidence. And, you know, like, and sometimes that happens, you know, like you're in an abusive situation. And you're like, yo, I had this argument. I don't know. Like, am I freaking crazy? Like, am I, am I overreacting? I'm not, you know what? Okay. I'm going to try to record it and then you'll hear it. And then like, you give me some outside perspective. You know what I mean? Or it could literally just be like, yo, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid for my life. This man's not letting me leave him or whatever that may be. And I, need, I just need to make sure that should anything happen to me, there's evidence that can help point people in the right direction. Which is, if it's option two, then that's, that's what she said, uh, according to her testimony, is that that video happened because she had apparently just discovered that he was cheating. And apparently there's like, it's not really clear to see, at least to me, it wasn't clear to see, but other people say, seem to be able to say they saw it clearly that what can be seen is, you know, Jonathan Majors and, and Grace Jabari struggling because it looks like he's trying to force her into the car. And then uh, he breaks free of her grip and then runs off and then she chases him. So she says during her testimony that she had discovered evidence that Mr. Majors had been cheating on her 
She had seen a flirty text on her cell phone from a woman named Cleopatra. And I guess that's why there was that back and forth. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Cleopatra, come on at you. goes along. Um, cool. Let's, you want to talk about the Harare airport, Philip? What do you want to say about the airport? Uh, wait, I thought we had a good transition out of the Jonathan Major thing. But anyway, no, I, I just saw, um, uh, I think it was Tembi. Tembi landed and then he, he shaded the, I didn't even see the tweet actually. In fact, I did. He just said the Harare airport is not giving what they think it's giving. And apparently he was getting eviscerated in the comments. And it was very poignant to me because I was also very confused. I was like, why are people defending? Have people seen the airport? Like, granted, the new airport is nice. It's it's new. But it's also, I don't know. You know, like, Dan, do you have um, a family member that, you know, was like struggling or lower middle class and then they came up with some money and they, instead of moving yeah. out of the hood, they were like, you know what, I'm just going to upgrade him. But you don't get. So it's, it's, and then they build an extension. But a, a, like attached to that extension is, this, is the original small house. So the original small house, which is not in the best of conditions, very cramped, very small. Maybe it's got an outside toilet or something. And then they've now built the new, the new, the new home with the, the tiles and the windows and everything. But also because the yard is constrained. You know, you don't have much of a backyard. There's not a lot of space to park your cars. You know what I mean? It's nicer. But you know what I mean? It's the, but they're attached to it. It's sentimental value. And you're like, you know what? It's your money. Do what you do. So, as long so, as you're happy. So I love how, how would that, that's how would that relative respond it's, if you it's came new. and you're like, it's nice, but we don't even fully use it. Sucks. No, no. But once again, the difference there being is the relative put their heart and soul no. into that home. The people on Twitter, unless every person in the comments on Twitter works for airports company Zimbabwe, I will have questions <laughs> because the airport, the, air, the the old airport actually, funny enough, the old airport, when it was still new, that was something that we took pride in because that was the Zimbabwean architect, Zimbabwean design. It, it paid homage to Zimbabwean, like, oh, it was like postmodern design. That one made sense. That one I was attached to. This new one looks like a generic file from a Chinese architecture firm's. Um, I mean, it, it's AutoCAD. an improvement. And then you just like, okay, this one fits. Let's go. Bam. Because it looks like a generic Chinese airport. It is indeed, but it's not. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's an improvement in certain ways. For example, Dan, you st- like at that airport, you still have to have paper boarding passes. They will not allow you to scan anything with your phone. It's a small thing, but it's also annoying because like digital boarding passes have been available for almost a decade now. Why are we still forcing people to use this? The other thing is we still have bigger issues. And I've mentioned them in the tweet about it. We still have roaches in our airport. So I flew out last week for Helene. Cafe. Okay. So let, let me paint the entire picture for you. <laughs> do you think we don't, Philip, you think we don't know? Do you think we're sitting here thinking we live in... Of course, some people do. I have no doubt that some people do. But in general, do you think we're sitting here thinking we live in... Oh, Dan, in, oh no, my goodness. This is, uh, this is the top-notch country of the world. Of course, we know what's going on. The problem is, in December, who comes to Zimbabwe? 
ma plus four four and and assorted ma plus one ne ma plus six one is that what Australia is I can't remember and we understand that they are coming from advanced countries ah we know yes we know ah ma plus four four we know you're coming from those spots it's just good form when you come not to remind us that you live in countries that are that look work uh, act better than we are because we are still here so when someone from plus 44 comes and says uh <laughs> your nasty little airport it's no wonder that people will come for you and i would venture that half of those comments were somewhat jokes along the lines of okay there we go the plus 44s are here now to insult us about our things here because that's just generally you know when your cousin comes from the uk and you're like uh You guys still use cash? Like bro, we we know. What 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 do you want me to do with it? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to fix the country? What do you want me to do? You see, if I were to say I would I would I would buy that except for the fact that a lot of because of the way Zimbabwe is set up, a lot of all of those people, especially if they've recently left the country, are still paying taxes in some form or fashion to Zimbabwe. So they have a right to complain. They have a right to complain. In fact, that was not a complaint by the way. Everyone has a right to complain. It was a comment. It was a, It comment, was a comment made That's by a, someone who does. His comment was more in the form of a question. What up, man? Are you telling me you don't understand how people would be upset that someone who lives in the UK, who used to live in Zimbabwe, they've now moved to the UK, came back to Zimbabwe. And we're like, "Uh, your stuff nasty here." And I'm going to understand why people would be like, "Hmm. Come on, guys. Guys, 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 guys. Come on. Obvi- obviously, we know. We know. We just don't need you to come and keep reminding us. That's all." That having been said, yeah, I remember going if I went to the airport and said, "Ah, guys, guys. Ah, we could do better." Eh? People would be like, "The only people that would come now are the people who are who have legit problems which there's plenty of and we know that there's plenty of them but i i think in general most people are like ah but life it's when someone from next door comes and says ah no but ah, your 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 house is nasty man we know that we live here you think we don't know three quarters of those people commenting have probably never even been to the airport in their lives it's just it's just coming kind of resentment so Hey, come with resentment so would you That was yes, my point. No, you live in the <laughs> that UK. Was exactly now you're coming to insult us here. <laughs> so what must we do? Hey, oi. Hey, oi. Thanks, Sha. All right. See you when you get back to, you know, Gatwick. Guys. Understand. My plus, listen, diasporans, as you stream into the country, I have no doubt that you will notice so many things broken, not working, things that don't look right, don't seem right, don't work right. It's just it's just good manners not to compare it to the UK because we know if someone asks you maybe you can answer maybe when you get back if you want you can make comments and compare but we know and that's why you went that's why you left ka if we could we would also be there That's it, it's jealousy. Phil, it's jealousy. We're jealous. All right, is that what you want to hear? Tembi, we are jealous. 
We're jealous that you get to leave after you finished your holiday. <coughs> Is that what you want to hear, Philip? All right, we need to, uh, you guys may hear from my voice. Let's move on. I've got a long night of work ahead of me. I'm very miserable. So um, um, maybe we can take. Sure. Let's talk about this Aishan, this Aishan announcement. Which also, it's, it's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> because the hashtag used there was Bundabur. <laughs> Did you scream okay, vindication? Aishan so, um, posted to his social media <laughs> an announcement that stated the following. Uh, wait, I have it here. I have it. I have it. It's... I have it. I, so, so it's firstly, I would like to thank all my robot fans for the love and support you send me every day. Thank you for giving me the strength to keep pushing even when things go low. You stand by me and you still appreciate the works. Sadly, I would like to announce that I'm no longer in business collaboration with my previous management due to internal matters. As for now, all business-related issues are to be referred directly to me as I will be searching for new management. To avoid double bookings and inquiries, please use direct message or these lines to contact me. Then he lists the numbers. I hope these are his personal lines. And then hashtag Bundipur and then hashtag out now. I don't know if that means out now for the album out now of the management deal. Double entendre, I mean, could, could be out there. Get it in any music so, store of your choice. This is interesting to us, obviously, because, you know, we were dealing with his former management mm. when we booked that interview that yeah. you heard. Um, this is very... I mean, there's there's not a lot to talk about this, but he's broken up with his management, obviously. I mean, what do you read from this, Philip? Look, uh, I won't say it on mic. I think what I will say in general, not just on this, is I think that many artists are struggling with their managers and vice versa. There's just a, a dichotomy, if you will, of purpose. Um... Phil and I often deal with a lot of music managers in our day-to-day works. So it's sometimes difficult. <laughs> sometimes. Anyway, sometimes. Uh, let's see, let's see how things go for, for my man. Yeah, I actually, actually, I don't, I don't want us to skip over this. I think for for the consumer, it might not mean anything to you. It might, it it actually might be helpful. So, the issue that I've had, and I, I've said it a couple of times, is me in my personal opinion, and it's not because I think I'm some sort of wonderkind. It's not because I think I'm better than everyone. It's because I dedicated years of my life to this, and even school. Like I literally just spent, I, I just got a, a brand new book as well, like two new books. And I spent a lot of money on this research. And I was even having a conversation with them. I was like, yo, I spent 50 bucks on a book. And they're like, 50 bucks? That's a lot of money. I'm like, dude, 50 bucks for education is nothing. Like in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. But there are not a lot of managers in Zim or music industry professionals who invest that much into their craft simply because it's a very risky and it's a, it's a high risk, high road thing. Like I'm very privileged to be able to 
have uh, my own company and have clients and so forth that can help support and subsidize the work I'm trying to do in the music industry. And even then, with even the, the artists I manage, there are times where I feel I'm not doing enough and I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because I have so much work on the day job front, right? And that's because the money that artists make is not enough to justify me dedicating that much time and resources to their careers. And it's a catch-22 because sometimes you have to take the risk and, and lose some money in the short term so that you can make long-term gains. And it's a difficult balance, especially when you and the artist aren't seeing eye to eye. But I say all that to say, a lot of these managers don't know what their job should be. They don't know how to execute their responsibilities. And the artists also don't know how to hold them accountable. Because as an artist, you are the CEO of your brand and your company. So you hire the manager, not the other way around. The manager reports to you. You do not report to the manager. Therefore, if you aren't able to audit and hold that manager accountable for what he should be doing for you, it makes things very difficult, which then goes back to what Dan says. Some I of never these said that. artist managers are just I never said that. I just want to put on record, I never said that. Yes, we know sometimes art. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's like, it's like said, Dan said, these guys don't shower daily and they stink. Some of them <laughs> for various reasons. So, <laughs> yeah. Also, so Phil, so Phil says, Phil, Phil's going to stand into that and say, some of these artist managers have no business managing artists. They make things more difficult than they should be. And yes, we know that sometimes artists are difficult to manage. Artists can be deverish, blah, blah, blah. But y'all need to know how to manage personalities. This is the business you're in. This is, it's not likening artists to, to wild animals, but it's like being Tiger King. And complaining that a tiger bit someone's hand. It's part of the job. Learn how to, like, learn how to work around it. So that being said, I think it's, it's a very difficult space for both artists and even the teams that they're trying to build around them because like, yo, we want to work, we want to help you, but where's the money at? Also, we don't even know what skills we should be acquiring or we don't know what skills this, this person should have. Artists don't know how to interview a manager and say, yo, do you know how to do this, 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 and this, and this so that I can take my career to the next level? Because in their minds, they're like, all I need is a big collab or a big hit or get onto a tour and I'm gone. Yeah. It's not that Well, easy. it'll be interesting to see if there's any, I think in general, apart from the bigger, like let's say Keen for Ja Praiser and Banda for Winky D. Those are the, the well-known art, um, artist managers, right? I'm keen to see in the next, in the next um, generation of artists who are going to be the people who establish themselves as the big names in artist management. I'll be keen to see what happens there. You'll note I didn't make any, any reference to ability. I was just mentioning some of the big names. Um, okay, so listen, there's a, a couple of, there's two stories that we've been skirting around. I think we should just address them now. We lost two people this week. First of all, we've already touched about it was uh, the South African Afropop singer, uh, Zahara, who uh, died, if you recall, a couple of weeks ago. I spoke about it on this podcast, how she was having health troubles and her family had put out a, a statement about it. Well, we actually lost her this week. Um, yeah, and uh, the family to put out a statement. And I think almost globally, there seemed to be uh, some outpourings of grief and, and uh, um, tributes towards Zahara. 
So yeah. This was my jam, bro. Such a beautiful talent, man. Such a beautiful talent. Just think about your favorite Zahra song. I do know my favorite Zahra song. Mm. That's not Lonely Way? Yeah, that's not Lonely Way. That's just just Adam. Give me one sec. I'll play it for you just now. If I can repeat it. When you hear it, you're going to be like, of course. Hmm. Wait, are you playing that? Or should I just keep going on my playlist? No, no, I will in a sec. Give me a sec. I was going to play it from my phone but my phone's battery just died. Are you ready to hear my favorites? Yes, then let's go. Let's hear what you got. Let's see what you got. <laughs> All right, let me give you let me give you the correct audio so you can hear it. This is it. attached to this one Philip good memories it's just unfortunate that this is a spoo and uh, in Zahara but anyway well uh, yeah, I don't actually know but, uh, the, the first three albums mm. all of them are spoo 
Yeah, I know, I know. It's just that he's actually well, credited well, on the song. That doesn't matter. Voice, you know all, what I'm saying? All of them are going to Tears Records, so Tears Records is really <laughs> it's just, way. You know, it's worse when you see, when you're vibing, did you see the name, you know? It's, <laughs> anyway. Look, I don't want to get into the details of that. Um, although he was, he came out this week and he was saying he would consider doing what he did for Pro Kid and uh, just handing over the rights to her family of her music. Just consider, mind you. Let's see how that goes. But yeah, so that's obviously very sad news for such a talented artist. Also a troubled, someone who was um, clearly going through a lot, especially in the last few years. Yeah, I think... And the other... I think it's difficult yeah. for artists, man. The more talented they are, the more difficult it is for them mentally, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's difficult. The other news that we got, which was sad, was the loss of Andre Broger, a.k.a. Captain Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That's, of course, not the only thing he's played. Homicide, life on played. the streets. That's where I first got to know. I, I, I know I've seen his face without knowing his name, but the, the, the only other time where I recognized his name to his acting was when he played Darkseid in, uh, in one of the animated, um, I think it was Batman animated series. Okay. Yeah, Batman the Animated Series, he played Darkseid. And he was he was always viewed as one of the most iconic villains, you know. Uh, but I know he's been in a lot of things. We've seen him in a lot of things uh, throughout his life. So Captain Raymond Holt, of course, was his, uh, was his huge role that he was nominated for 11 Emmy, four Emmy Award nominations in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But he was in a lot of things, to be honest. So, uh, yeah. So it's very sad for us to lose Andre Broga. Is that how you say it? Broga. Broga. Bra. And Broga. Bra. Bra. Yeah, so that's also the other sad news that we received this week. Yeah, look, Ish, you know what, Phil? It's just a reminder that all our, the people that we grew up watching and enjoying, we're reaching that age, man. Lovely. We're reaching that age. All right, Philip, tell us. You were outside this weekend. I was, I was hey neighbor. I was very outside. I was incredibly outside. I was so outside. The outside was inside me. Yeah, it was lovely stuff. Pause. I think, mm. Mm, how do I begin this? I'm just so offended. Let me start with this one. Let me. I'm just playing some video, some audio clip here. Love me. Love me. I want to be with you. I want to be. You know what? Uh, I can't give out all the details, but first and foremost, shout out to Glenn 21 Entertainment. Shout out to the team behind Hey Neighbor. Shout out to inviting me. I had probably the best experience I've ever had at a live event ever. Was insane, and I remember texting. I texted you guys in the groups, and you guys didn't respond. So I guess you're you're little in your feelings. So let me let me set the scene. Let me set the scene for for those of you that don't know. Um, a neighbor were, was at a farm just a little bit outside Pretoria, so it was a, it was a bit of a drive. So um, one of the logistics, obviously, after being invited, was figuring out how to get there. First and foremost, also shout out to Fast Jet for the free flights. So. It was great that, you know, like we've gotten to a level where I can, if I want to travel, I can subsidize a lot of the, a lot of my flights, you know, not only the flights, but the travel and everything else. So 
I was able to to, to tend pretty 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 cheaply, which was a great experience, and managed to, as I mentioned at the top of the show, my friend Marsha managed to give me a car, so rolled up, and then shout out to shout out to Lani, you know, um, Dan and I, Dan might recall this, but. When we were brought to do Jameson Connect, we were struggling to find contractors because of the timelines. And also it was a very busy weekend because that was the, like the, one of the, the it's like, how do we put it? It's one of the last weekends within that three week window, just after winter, where you can do events. And then post the, after the first weekend of November, Zimbabweans stop doing events because they don't want to have events during November uh, for traditional reasons. And then they started back up. Um, towards late November, early December. So it was, there was a lot of events happening. There was Freeman's album launch. There was Prime Circle. There was Diwali. There was a lot happening that weekend. So it was very difficult for us to get to our normal videographers. And I happened to have seen this kid's work um, a couple of times. Hit him up. And as we discussed in the last episode, or was it the episode last or the one before? He's 18 years old. So coincidentally, he happened to be in Joburg that weekend. So I was like, let's go to work, kid. He was like, ah, I get to see Kendrick. Bet. <laughs> I'm coming through. So him and I set off uh, to Pretoria and immediately got the, yo, it was blazing. Dan, like, have you ever experienced heat so hot? When you open the window, you can feel the heat rising off the ground. And that's because it's this sparse, vast, open land. There's no trees because it's, it's supposed to be a field. So there's nothing to provide shade, absorb the heat. It's just... For the lack of a better term, dried bimba on the sun. You know, it's just hot. And yo, it was it was taxing. Luckily, um, there was a bit of a like a flash rain storm at about 3 p.m., which really helped bring the temperatures down. But also what it did is it created a bit of a lightning storm, which is a massive safety risk because you've got this massive stage in the middle of nowhere with high metal scaffolding. So the the main stage got delayed. I mean, the, they, they had to suspend shows from the main stage, which was a bit of a problem because Zakes, Shimza, Scorpion Kings, um, especially those three, they had to now do sets that were 45 minutes as opposed to 90 minutes. So that was a problem. But I'm, I'm jumping around. So we, we get there. And the first thing we do is we get to the media pit and then we get to our VVIP section. There were two VIP sections. There was Santan, which was for the, the VIP where you still had to buy drinks. And then uh, we were ushered to Lagos, the v, VIP, um, where immediately upon arrival, we were met with food and drinks and a, a, a nonstop supply of both. Once again, shout out to the Glen 21 team for making sure we were well fed and, and well hydrated throughout the night. And... The furniture was great. Like, so I don't know if you've seen the posters, Dan, but the furniture, the the theme for Hey Neighbor, like brand wise, was almost like pastel colors with plushy toys. That theme carried over to even the furniture in the section, and I was like, "Yo, the attention to detail is wild." They had lockers with keys for everything, so you could literally just go up to lock if you wanted to put up your phone. Like there were so many charge stations, there were so many lockers. It was just a great environment. I even saw tweets of people that said they dropped their phone the night before and then they came back the next day and the phone was still there. Like, that's insane. The vibe was great. There were like a myriad of brands from Magnum, the, the ice cream, to Kit Kat, to Axe Body Spray, to JC LaRue. Um, 
GM mom, like there was a, a lot of them. And the dope thing is like every single one of them, like their, their brand sections and the brand boots were actually really dope. Like the X section blew me away. Like Dan, if I were to tell you that X and Lux uh, body wash were going to be at Hey Neighbor, would you want to go to that booth or that area? Maybe not. But let me tell you, this is this is what blew my mind. X section, you get there. They've got this giant inflatable moon man. It just looks dope, right? And then at night, they had this hexagon, which they lined with LED lights and inflatable tin foil. So it looked it really looked like granted it's 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 not popular now, but it looked like the money in the thing video, but in blue. So it's like, it's a dope entrance feature. And then you get in there, they've got all these shipping containers where that are tied to the new fragrances. So like there's like Black Panther, right? Or I think it's African Panther and also or Jaguar. And you go in there and it's an art installation with a giant Jaguar's head and it's got glowing green eyes and this audio playing like roars and jungle music. And then they've got leaves that are like repurposed uh, materials. And then it's like the whole description of what the artist is doing. And then every two minutes, it sprays the new fragrance into the container. And it's like all, it's like this across it. So they had one, two, three, they had five different installations for this, for all the different fragrances that they're introducing, which is dope. And then they had these really dope shirts. They were limited edition that they gave out to the first 100 attendees. I'll show you mine. Um, then with every shot that they, so they had a bar that was giving out shots. And then with every shot, they'd give you like a little X body spray, like an antiperspirant or something so that you stay fresh throughout the weekend. That's just on the X side. And there's so much other stuff that was going on that was really, really, really dope. Then on the Lux side, it's a, it's a dome. And the dome had 24 projectors. I know this because I counted them. And these projectors are also, also have speakers and then there's microphones all around the dome. So when you walk in there, everything you say is picked up by the microphone and then runs through the speakers. So that creates this dope echo effect. And then Dan... I'm sure you've seen those body wash ads where like there's a woman in the middle of a jungle and then all of a sudden in the middle of the jungle, there's now a fully equipped shower head or shower and she's showering, you know, with the sense of the jungle. Yeah, like, it's always that weird thing, right? But now imagine that in a 360 degree field. So those 24 projectors are projecting a 360 degree image all around you in the dome and there's the audio blasting through, right? And then you're in the jungle, you hear the jungle noises, you're moving through the jungle and it's 360. So it's almost, it's extremely immersive. You almost feel like in a VR headset. And then you transport it to a shower and above you is a massive shower head and it starts running water down and you can hear the water and you see the water running down the sides of the dome. And then it takes you to a, like a desert and another, like it was insane. Like if I, if I were the type of person to partake of narcotics, you know, particularly the hallucinogenic type, I would have had a great old time in that place. I, and I was blown away. I was like, yo, these guys are really forcing brands to, you know, bring their A game. Netflix had an incredible like little installation, like a VIP tent that was based on the, one of the dating shows. I don't know which one, but I'm sure the people that actually watched it that knew about it. It had cars there. It had LED lighting. Every brand booth was dope. You had Strongboy with a full Ferris wheel, bruh. Insane. Kid Kat had a whole carnival at the festival, like their own little carnival tent in there. Coke had VR headsets, gaming, the works, they're giving away free drinks. It was crazy. And then obviously, like onto the music, 
three stages. And this is when the envy kicked in. You've got three stages, Dan, right? Obviously, you've got the main stage. The two smaller stages, quote unquote smaller. If we brought any one of those smaller stages to Zim, we like we, we would put on one of the best shows this country has seen in a long time. There's one the stage, there's one stage on the, the Griffin stage. It had 20 LED screens and a dome as well. And then it had lasers and, it, and four line arrays of speakers. I was so envious, Dan. <laughs> I, and the performances were insane. The, the only complaint I have is there was, too much, there was too much happening. Like it was so difficult to see the acts you wanted to see because like, you're like, okay, so where do I go? Do I go, do I go left or go right? Let me put it this way. It was so dope, Dan. I didn't see Scorpion Kings and I don't regret it. So what happened was Ziggs Bantuni finished this set and I'm like, I bet, let's go catch Focalistic. So we go catch Focalistic. Then after Focalistic um, is Blackie. As Focalistic is wrapping up his set, um, Scorpion Kings are starting their set. So I'm like, but we come, Miss Blackie, Blackie's our boy. Come on, I gotta see Blackie. Let me wait for him to perform. Yeah. Blackie runs through his set. By the time we're, Blackie's done with his set and we get all the way back to the, the main stage, Scorpion Kings are done. But already at that point, Durban Gogo is now performing at the third stage. So now we just carry on and go, go get Durban Gogo set. Like there was just so much happening. It was incredible. The sound, impeccable. Outside of the delays because of the, the thunderstorm, that was the only other issue. And then security on point. Customer experience, to me, sublime. It was, if you, if you spent your hard-earned money at this festival, you got your money's worth. I, 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 and I'm not saying that because they gave me comps. I'm not saying that because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I was looking at it through those lenses. I'm like, you got your money's worth. This was an experience. Um, I can't speak to those that camped because I don't do camping, but... Maybe one of our listeners who attended, I think in the patron group, we had a few people that said they might be attending. So I don't know if they ended up attending. If they did, let us know. We'd love to hear your feedback. But it was a, that was a dope experience. Then obviously, onto, onto the headline act that I saw on Saturday. So the other, the other thing is, um, I'm old, Dan. I wanted to do Saturday and Sunday. But on Saturday, I did 20,000 steps. And I got home at 5 a.m. I'll explain why later. My body was. So like, you just did. You just did Saturday. <laughs> my body. My body. My, my body was like. Plus, also Sunday was raining. I was just like, you know what? Ah, you know what? I'm. I'm. A, I've already got my full. My fill. I'm good. So, yeah. Like initially, as you remember, Dan. Like the the invite was only for Saturday, but then I managed. I was able to. I I could have been able to attend Sunday, but I was like, hey, I'm tired. Like my knees are killing me, and there's so much work that needs to get done, but. Kendrick Lamar comes on stage. I think, you know, remember there was, there was that one listener. Well, I, he said his name. Like, remember, Jatenda was talking about like Zim Hip Hop Acts and how their stages, their, their stage presence and their performances need to improve. Like, I, I would have loved for them, those people to, to see that. Like, so, here's another fun tidbit that you guys might not know. Um, one of the first major concerts that I ever covered as a blogger was Miller Boomtown 10 years ago, almost to the day. And the headline act for that show was Kendrick Lamar. So I've always had an affinity 
for Kendrick Lamar and live shows because that was like one of my first big international. I remember that was the first show I did where I had just bought my DSLR and I was trying to figure out how to use it while, <laughs> while at the event. It was a great experience. And now 10 years later, I get to see him again. And to see like how his life set has evolved and grown as was insane. Granted, I was a little miffed because the South African performance, we didn't get the full Kendrick Lamar tour performance, right? So like I've been watching his performances on tour. He has at least two costume changes. He has two sets of dancers. He has the, the men who do the interpretive dance and skateboarding and whatnot. They do a lot of stuff behind him while he's performing songs. And then he's got the women that come out for the Mr. Morale and Hot Steppers section of the, the set that we didn't get. But that Rhonda got for all four things. Imagine. So I was a little miffed about that. But even then, like the stage set was crazy. Like I actually need to figure out the symbolism. So he comes out on stage and he's got this massive uh, fabric backdrop that's got like a, a painting that says California and it's, there's a man and a woman. And then the lights um, uh, are shining and like the LED screens and the lighting and what's being displayed is tied to the music perfectly. So obviously he's got, his, he's got like a light um, and a VJ that travel with him that are in, perfectly in sync. There's moments in the show like when he says a line, he'll say it, he'll switch to the left and he'll say it directly to the camera and then the camera will start showing what's being thinged on stage and it's one of his dancers holding the camera. Dude, the set was insane. The other thing is, during that whole set, I don't think Kendrick did more than a thousand steps. Like he was in the same position. Like breath control on point, alliteration on point, but he wasn't really moving because everything else was happening around him. <sighs> like, I need to sit down and actually like articulate all this into writing, but that was... I'm trying to think if he's better, but I think he's probably, I think one or number one A in terms of the performances I've ever witnessed was Nas doing the Stillmatic 25th anniversary. I'm sorry, the Illmatic 25th anniversary. And then this is one B. It was that good. Nice. How would, how would the SA acts compared to like Kendrick or, uh, I mean, you were just there Saturday, right? So it was just Kendrick. Uh, yeah, I'll get Lani to come on board and come on and talk about Sunday. But from everything I saw and like the footage I reviewed that we got, everyone, everyone brought their A game, man. Shout out to Tyler. Tyler, Tyler came on stage on Friday and I saw the, the footage and it's just like, I hope everyone's proud of me. I was like, that was dope. Um, I did want to see Swedish House Mafia. But I just didn't have the time. Like, there was just so much I needed to get done. I would have liked to see them, but it, it was also far. Like, it, it, it's, it's, it was far. It was like an hour driving there. And then I think the only, the only negative feedback that I'm sure people have seen is there was a lot of traffic getting out of there, which is expected because, you know, you've got 20, I think there was roughly 25,000 people on Saturday, maybe more. In, and, you're feeding into a venue that is a farm. It's not designed to deal with that many people, but also it's one road in, one road out. So when you get to this farm, you make a right off the highway and then you hit a, you hit a toll gate, then you make a right. You go down two kilometers, then you turn left onto the farm road. And it's literally a farm road, like dust road, everything. So leaving, it's one dust road heading out. The issue there was they did not have marshals helping people leave. So, because we were working the show, uh, we stayed till the very end, which I normally don't do because as I'm sure you've known that like with most of the shows we do, we actually leave early. 
just to avoid traffic. But we had to, we stayed to the end and then we're like, you know, let's just chill in the media section for like an hour, wait for traffic to die down, then we'll leave. So Kendrick finishes set at like quarter past midnight. We then left, started leaving around like 20 past one. There's still traffic and there's lines everywhere. And because there's no marshals directing traffic, it's just crazy. It's, it's like driving to the CBD of Harare, you know, and Im- imagine driving to the CBD and the only cars are Wishes and Honda Fits. That's what it was like. So when traffic's not moving, we're stuck. So we're like, screw it. All right, cool. Let's park the car. Let's park the car and take a nap. We park the car, take a nap. Wake up at 3 a.m. Still traffic. But now it's a little, it's a little less congested, but there's still traffic. And we're like, yo, what is happening? What's, what's, what's going on? So now I'm like, the other thing you ought to consider is, I, I wasn't drinking on the night, nor do I drink. Uh, and this is Jameson, Irish whiskey. Um, and I was only just tired, but I, now I've taken a power nap. So you can imagine like for some people, they've been there all day, it's been hot. They've been drinking. Maybe they've taken a few substances. So they're not of a, a sober mind state. And what tends to happen in those instances, like you just default, default to shortcuts, which in this case would be, I'm just going to follow the car in front of me because if that car's leaving, I'm leaving, we're going the same way. But if that car is also following another car, which is following a car that's stuck in traffic, you're just going to be stuck in traffic, right? I've now taken a nap and my, my faculties have now returned. I'm like, oh, guys, wait a minute, something's going on here. Let me see if there's a way I can turn left. If I can find a way to turn left, because I look at Google Maps, Google Maps is showing me like, if I turn left, I'll just go around Pretoria and I'll still get home. So I'm like, I bet, let me figure out how to get on this road. Eventually, I start weaving my way, driving down a dirt road, and I figure out a way to turn left. And I'm going down this road that I haven't been on before ever, but I, I'm, I'm even seeing people walking, which is another thing. We had a farm. So the network is really bad because the towers are congested and people can't call Ubers anymore. So there's that. Anyway, once I get onto the main, once I get into, once I get onto the main road and I turn left, I was home in 30 minutes. Like all people had to do to avoid all that traffic was to turn left. Then it turns out the next day, one of the reasons why the traffic was so bad is the police, A, went directing traffic and B, were closing and opening the toll gate for some weird reason, which just con- exacerbated the problem. So it wasn't necessarily the festival's fault. But also in the grand scheme of things, and I'm not exaggerating, by the time I got home, I was crying because I was so happy. And I was like, you know, dude, three hours in traffic, don't really care. At the time of my life, it was worth it. Like as long as people got home safe, um, no one really got injured. I hope I hope there was no assault or anything like that. If if people were able to get home safely, then it's it. And the, I think the other thing people need to take into mind is this was the first ever iteration of this festival. This was version one point and it was this good. Can you imagine what next year is going to look like? Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Well, <clears throat> I did, I did like uh, um, feel some kind of, of FOMO as I was going through, like, you know, watching the videos and whatever. But the reason I say it was a good decision was because uh, both Taz and I were sick. As you can hear from my voice, I'm still a bit sick. Mm. So it would have, it would have been miserable. You know, I hate being in such a, like, you know, you're sick. You're, you, you're supposed to be having fun, but you can't. Nah, nah. So, and then it was like, you know what? It's fine. It's okay. Because I was, re- I was ready to feel like mad FOMO. Like, man, can't believe it didn't go. But then at least, it's actually, it's almost a blessing that I felt sick. Because then I was like, okay, if I had actually gone, it would have been miserable. But 
we'll catch the next one. We'll catch the next one. In fact, just as good as this weekend's Zim Hip Hop Awards. Oh, oh they happened? On Friday. Oh, they're happening this Friday. So. Yeah. So, you know, so at least I'll get my... Yeah, now, I, 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 I won't be well. I won't be able to go. Oh, no. You're sick, Dan? Oh, no. Should I bring some link to God and some currency? See, maybe that'll help you heal up in time. No, I prefer a natural healing process. Let's see how. Let's see how. No, it goes. Dan, we have to go. Come on, oh my God. <laughs> All right, hey, let, let's let's wrap this up, Philip. Let's wrap this up. Um, nah, new music. I've got plenty of music. You know, like sadly, the music that our producers play here, I haven't heard it yet. So, Dan, have you heard any of this music? Well, there's the Geva remix. Okay, let's hear what you know Geva, right? Baga song. Yeah. Yes. Also, Baga's having a year, bro. Baga's having a year. Baga's doing his thing. Are you playing it? Oh, I thought you were playing it, Dan. Okay. I was. I, my plan was stick this on the end because I want to wrap this up, man. I need to go blow my nose and actually <laughs> try and breathe. I am looking on the DSPs. I do not see the remix. Once again, please remember that if it's not on DSPs, we will not be playing it. That being said, Bugger dropped a remix, which is not on DSPs. We'll play it when it is available. But in the meantime, in between times, I've come across some dope stuff, Dan. So let me play some of the, the dope music that I've been coming across that I'm really feeling. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was trying to download the song. But anyway, that song there, which I'll play, put on the place, is the Weche Frigid Armadillo remix. And then this is a song by a young Kenyan artist called Fai, called Nico Maju. This is a jam, bruh. But I'ma call you later, tell you all about it. Nina Miss Motura, Smoky Pasua, Avocado, a group of schools. Cause it tastes different out here. And I miss you when you're not here. What do you think, Dan? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? I think I'll have to check it out again. <laughs> doesn't sound bad. It's just I haven't really. It hasn't grabbed me yet. Mm, 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 mm. Okay, let me let me give one more. Once again, these are all African artists because I'm I'm on a serious African tip these days, Dan. Mm. This is Alta Saeed, All Your Blues. Every corner of the earth In the pursuit of you, my love Yeah, you know I know you're worth How can you choose To sing all your blues with me? How come you choose To see all the best yeah, 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 yeah. 
Shout out to him, shout out to him. I think actually, you know what, I'm going to choose to play out. There's a dope song on the new Zakes Bantrini album. I sampled it a little when it dropped, then I, I heard it live once again. <sighs> Damn, you know what I'm saying? Like you're hearing it live, you know what I'm saying? Just It's a different vibe, you know? it's a different feeling, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hitting, hitting All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, please continue to support us. If you uh, enjoy the podcast, you're welcome to become a Patreon subscriber. There's benefits we can give you. Uh, the first thing that you will get is access to our exclusive WhatsApp group, but also just the knowledge and peace of mind of knowing that you're supporting your favorite podcast. Twobroketwimbos.com forward slash donate. Oh, our Patreon. snap. Thank you, Dan. You just reminded me. I don't mean so didn't mean to interrupt you, but we got one of the most amazing messages accompanied with money. You know, the the best messages, like a sweet message is nice. But when you send a sweet message accompanied with money, it's even better. I'm not going to mention his name because uh, it was very intimate. But what I will say is, this is a listener. So, and, and he sent this um, as a DM. And he really touched myself. Dan, I don't, did I send this to you? Did you say this? No, I, I saw it. I, I also have access to the DMs, Philip. Just making, you know, just making sure, just making sure. But yeah, so he goes, um, hi guys, just wanted to say thank you for being my number one podcast three years running. I lost my mom just over two months ago and I just wanted to share a memory I had with her and the podcast a couple of years back. Basically, you gave us a shout out when I had happened to be listening on to the podcast while I was driving with her, to which you guys started talking about Cardi B WAP which raised a couple of awkward questions from my mom, but one of the funniest moments I shared with her, which I tweeted about. So overall, I just wanted to say I'm grateful for you guys and the podcast. And although I've been a silent listener to express my gratitude, I have now become a patron. And I hope you guys have a good festive period, man. I actually burst into tears when I I saw that, man. That was beautiful. So shout out to our listeners. Shout out to you guys. And man, that's dope, man. Like sometimes I think we forget like, this is a good thing. It's difficult, but we're impacting lives, you know, then we're impacting the youth. I actually chuckled when I saw this because it made me think of, I I vaguely remember us getting into, when we read, when we read a message about listening with the, with your mom. And then I think we were making jokes about, yeah, yeah, I must explain what WAP is. Anyway, as we were saying, what, what, what? I vaguely remember like joking around with that. That's, <laughs> Kind of funny, man. just the image of that makes me chuckle. So thanks for sharing that, man. That's a very cool message. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. And thank you guys so much. Um, I think we're about to wrap up the year. Um, Dan and I will have a meeting to figure out what we're going to do over the festive. We, we, we might bank some episodes. We might take a break. We'll let you guys know. But thank you guys so much for an amazing year. It's been a very tough year. It's been a very busy year. But this has now been our, without a shadow of a doubt, our biggest year, not only in terms of numbers, but in terms of revenue. And we really are grateful. Also, it's a wild thing because it's been our quietest year on social media. And it's also helped us figure out who our fans are who aren't. Because I keep bumping into people and they're like, Yo, what happened to your podcast? I'm like, still there, guys. Still there. Just yeah, that question, I get it. So, it's so annoying. Annoying question. It's like, remember when you used to do a podcast? Okay. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks for that. No, I, I make it awkward. I'm like, yeah, still do it. Just record an episode. <laughs> well, I just ask him, so like, did you, were you, were you listening? Were you subscribing? Like, yeah, I was. Like, All right, cool. So how did you think of last week's episode? Wait, last week's episode? Yeah. Yeah, we dropped an episode last week. Yeah, mm. yeah we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> and I think, I think that actually highlights something that we'll discuss offline then, but also just interesting for listeners is that social media is great for awareness. It's not that great for conversions. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. 
especially recently. And especially in spaces that are so packed with ads now. Mm. But anyway, Ngomandu and Dio. All right, listen, let's wrap it up, Philip, before I collapse here. All right. All good, all good, um, all good. Yeah. So please, thank you so much for your support. Like, subscribe, A, drop a comment. We would appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, on that note, we're going to sign out. Phil, you said, which one did you want to end with? The new Zakes. Yes, mama too long. It's Zakes and Dala Tukzin. Hey. Dala Tukzin. All right, guys, we'll catch you in the next one. For now, we out. <laughs> <laughs>